This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 84. You know, the goal of this podcast is to inform, entertain, and motivate you to achieve your career goal. We try hard to bring you the viewpoint of all those involved with careers in aviation and aerospace. Although we primarily focus on the positive aspects of a career in aviation, and specifically as an airline pilot, we also know that we must represent the challenges of choosing a career in aviation. Well, you know, to help you understand some of the challenges concerning salaries and the piloting career, I have with me uh, Ben Mandel, who's the author of two really good books. Uh, first, The Pilots on Food Stamps, an inside look at to why your flight was canceled. And also, what we're going to talk about primarily today is don't pay any flight school more than $2,500. This is really, really in advance. This is really an interesting book. Ben, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me on. You know, I, I really, I love the title of your book and I, I will say I haven't, uh, I've only read parts of it. And it's, uh, one of the things that I tell people is be very careful what you do with your money and uh, how you pay a flight school. But, uh, I tell, I, I think now from now on, I'll just tell them to, hey, take a, take a peek at this book. Don't listen to me. Listen to what Ben has to say. So Ben, first of all, just give us a quick introduction uh, to this book and, and why you wrote this. Well, I wrote this book. I, this is the book that I wish I had had when I started my flight training because this book would have saved me thousands and thousands of dollars and a lot of time and heartache. Um, there's a lot of good folks in the uh, aviation industry. Probably most of the folks are good, and there's a few bad ones. And the bad guys are not good for the industry, and if you're not careful, you can run up against one of these bad guys and not even realize it until it's too late. And you might be uh, one of those people that's involved in, in a situation where these folks uh, may be nefarious, and but you have a positive outcome. But it's not true of everybody. I'll give you a good example. I've, uh, um, I'm not going to mention, obviously, any names of any flight schools, but I attended a flight school and received my uh, flight instructor certificate. Well, this is one of those schools that was taking people's money and went out of business. And those people didn't get their money back. And these folks put up a ton of money up front. So that's, that's the type of thing we have to watch out for. Uh, mine was a positive outcome. But for many of those folks that put money up, they, they actually, not only did they not get the education and the training, they were on the hook for the full amount that was due. And we're not talking a few thousand. We're talking like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. That's a the lot of 80, cash. 100000 yeah. Yeah, nowadays. Went, yeah. yeah, yeah now, the, now. Reason, the reason I wrote this is I got tied up with one of those schools. I had no idea. They're really good. They're really slick. Uh, they have great website, have great sales department, have great tours, they have great facilities, all this nice stuff going on. And uh, I had no idea, even after, so to speak, I got scammed and in the middle of this, still couldn't figure out what was going on. We thought, well, maybe the school's having cash flow problems. Maybe they just, you know, having a bad year or whatever. But it turned out it had been a scam from the very beginning. And uh, it took us a while to figure all this out and put everything together. But that's the the basis of the book. And I actually talk about... Uh, specific schools in there. Uh, I pick one in particular that was really uh, a really bad school, and I detail out and have the emails from the students that were living this nightmare 
And because uh, I don't want you anybody to have to live that nightmare. So the main thing is on on this, if you just don't pay any school, no matter what they tell you, no matter how good they make it look, no matter what discount they give you, don't ever give them any more than $2,500 in advance. So how did you come up with the number of 2500 Well, it's a long story, but um, we um, we went to California. Well, let me just tell you, I, uh, I got scammed. Uh, just like uh, several hundred students did in our school. So uh, what the first thing I did was I called uh, uh, an organization that a lot of people are fond of, and it's in the book, and you'll have to get the book out. And I said to them, listen, I've been scanned, and uh, I need some help. And this organization, who's an organization of pilots and things, and they said, oh, you know what? We're real sorry this happened to you, and we've heard this over and over again. And uh, really, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do until the laws get changed because there's nothing to prevent these schools from from doing exactly what they did, which which was collecting, in my case, over seventy thousand dollars up front, wow. and then not providing the training, and then you're you're out. So um, what they didn't realize was I had a background in getting laws changed. So I started working on getting laws changed. We went to California, and. Um, we're able to get the law changed in California. And this organization came to me uh, while we were in the process of doing this, uh, trying to work something out to get this, to get me to stop doing what I was doing. And I said, well, I'll, here's what I'll do. Um, you know, I understand that, um, you know, sometimes students aren't as serious as they should be. And I don't want any school to be, you know, out, uh, any money because of what a student did. I'd be okay with, uh, with allowing you $2,500 up front, uh, you know, so, so so the students have some skin in the game, take it serious, and then um, you you go from there. But I don't want uh, I don't want anything else unless you're going to bond the tuition. I want the students' tuition protected. Right. And, right. And and at at that time they they turned me down. Said no, we don't want that. They didn't want any any regulation at all. They kept saying oh. so. We went to a bunch of hearings in California. Finally, we got the thing passed. Arnold Schwarzenegger signed the law. And um, in the law, we allowed uh, the school to collect up to $2,500 in advance. So that made a really good title for the book. Ah, interesting. And, and that, that's uh, that's how I come up with it. So um, the, the deal is the guys that really want to scam you, they want to take you for tens of thousands of dollars. So they're not going to be interested in taking you for 2500 And if, it's, uh, if you're out 2500 you can always go to small claims court and sue them. It right. doesn't cost you much. If they scam you for seventy thousand dollars, you got to go hire an attorney, which is going to cost you twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to to get an attorney to fight this for you or try to get your money back. By the time you get to the end, you end up spending a whole lot more money, and you and you can't get the money out of the school because they at that point are able to kind of hide it. So, best thing to do just don't pay any more than twenty five hundred dollars in advance, and uh, well, that think- will solve the issue. That's a that's a great idea. You know what's interesting though is that I think people are listening to this right now, and you know they they look at a traditional college, and they there's a lot of laws in place at those traditional colleges uh, that may not be in place at some of these vocational type colleges and, and technical schools like there are for aviation. I know the laws are changing, um, and with some of those laws changing, do you feel this this book is prescient? Is it is it something that today we should still read? 
Absolutely. I mean, under no circumstances, pay any more than $2,500 in advance to any any flight school. Now, I'm not talking about a, a university or something like that, but even those guys don't charge the full amount up front. Right. You kind of pay as you go when you go to university. So you go in, my, my daughter's going to college this year, um, and they want to check for the first semester. And if she doesn't go the second semester, they don't want the rest of the money. Right. They don't get it. They don't want the entire four years up front, the entire train. They just want the first semester. And that's kind of, you know, how those work. So you don't have to worry so much about a state college or university, but the vocational schools, you know, will twist and turn things. They say, hey, you pay for college, you pay all this money up front. You know, well, no, you don't. You pay by the by the semester. And that's the, that's the way it works. You know, but, uh, that brings up a great point. One of my favorite scholarships out there, and you know, we have the Aerospace Scholarships Guide, uh, is one in which you, like you said in the beginning, you have some skin in the game. I think it's a, it's like about $16,000, and the actual student puts up $1,000 in that scholarship. So they want you having some skin in the game. But they only and that's release... A, and that's a great scholarship, too. I mean, you think, oh, of, yeah. think about that. I mean, you got a $16,000 scholarship, and the student's only having to put $1,000... Yeah. <laughs> okay. But let me tell you, I talk about one of the scams in the book about the scholarship. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> and you know where I'm going here, don't you, Carl? Yeah, no. Well, go ahead. Explain. <laughs> All right. So, in fact, this school that I went to was giving away a $15,000 scholarship. You'd, you'd apply for it. They set up a fake uh, uh, hotline fax number type thing. You apply for this scholarship. You could win $15,000. So, they they call you up uh, about three days later and say, hey, congratulations, you won a $15,000 scholarship. Now, here's what you got to do to collect it. Um, you got to send us immediately $30,000, okay? You got to wire it into our bank account or send it, you know, or we'll take a credit card uh, so you can take advantage of this $15,000. This is great, isn't it? And, and this is what they would do. So it really wasn't a real scholarship because they were actually, you know, jacking the price of the program up. Uh, to to include the, this fake scholarship thing, so I I talk about that in one of the, in one of the chats called the scholarship scam. So well, you careful. know we we see those type of scams out there, you know the email scams and stuff like that. But you you and thank God they're they're few and far between. But you still can get stuck within one of them. As a matter of fact, that's probably the toughest one of our toughest jobs at the scholarships guide is we actually have to vet every scholarship. And and even with doing that, it, it can be a challenge, you know, to to make sure that that this organization is actually honest and on the up and up. And boy, you know, some of these folks make this look really appealing, and they have websites that look really nice. So you got to be careful who you choose to to go towards with a scholarship. It looks too good to be true, or if they want you to send a whole bunch of money up front, bad idea. Don't get involved. That's my theory. That's that's the flag. As soon as somebody tells you you've got to send them a lot of money, that's that's the flag that says don't do it. Right. There's there's a problem. So um, if you'll if you'll just follow that piece of advice, even if you don't buy the book, I hope you get the book. But even if you don't get the book, you just follow that piece of advice. That will keep you out of trouble. Yeah. And by the way, if you're listening, you can you can go to aviationcursepodcast.com. We'll have a link on the website to to purchase that book. Uh, you know, don't pay any more than than twenty five hundred dollars. And I tell you, it's really it's interesting how many people I talk to on a, and people you're, you're listening right now, and you say, "Gosh, you know, I want to go into this program, but it's this much money. You know, how do I know I'm going to get my money out of it?" You really have to be careful. And there's uh, you have to like anything else, you have to do your due diligence. And uh, we don't really do much, you know, as far as publicly uh, 
you know, and say, yes, this is a good school. This is not. But, uh, as far as scholarships, we do, we, we do, uh, uh, weed out those different scholarships. But, you know, how about today? I mean, how do you, how do you know? Like, for instance, say somebody's right now looking at a school and says, okay, I want to go to this school, but it's really expensive. It's like $65,000. What, what should I do? And, uh, you know, the book actually answers that and, and tells you how to get started uh, in flying. And there's a whole procedure that I, I suggest you go through to make sure that you do this. And it's basically a pay-as-you-go procedure. But um, here's, here's what happens um, here. The, the guys that collect the money up front, they're really good. They're really good at what they do. They are slick. They got marketing materials. And no matter if they get to you, you're going to be so enamored with what they say that no matter what anybody else tells you, even if it's true, you're not going to believe. Right. And this, this is one of the problems, and this is why they're successful at what they're doing. But the bottom line is the FAA license that you get, the FAA pilot's license that you get, it's the same license no matter where you train. So no matter where you're sitting right now, and if you're listening to this, you're sitting somewhere in the, in that's close to an airport, probably within 30 miles of an airport. And every airport in this country probably has some sort of flight training. And you've just got to get to the, the place that does it. And that's where you start. That's what I always suggest people start. Start where you are now. Don't go move somewhere. Don't go try to, uh, you know, go out of state or whatever. Do go where you are right now and start working. And see if you like this. You may go up in, in the, uh, on a discovery flight and find out, you know what, this, this upsets my stomach and I'm getting, I'm getting air sick. And right. you, wouldn't you want to know that before you spent $65,000 and they weren't going to give you money back? That's some great advice. I mean, there's, and there's so many places you can go to do that, right? There's 4,000, 5,000 airports in this country. And like I say, most of them have some sort of flight training. And the only ones that don't, are the very, very large airports where the airliners are landing. They, they pretty much have phased most of the flight training out in those airports, although that's, that's where I learned to fly in Charlotte, North Carolina um, years ago before they, they phased it out. But uh, um, I always also tell people if you can fly at a, a large airport, learn to fly at a large airport, then that's an advantage also because when you get to be a, an airline pilot, you'll have no fear on getting in and out of a large airport. That's for sure. You'll you'll know the, all the air traffic control lingo, and it'll be second nature. Uh, and uh, that's something that's very very important, or be close to one at least. You know that you can fly into the airspace fairly quickly. You know, I'm looking. You know, I was looking at this uh, at the index in your book right now, and you talk about a lot of really good things here. You have examples of the schools and and what to watch out for, things that have happened to you, et cetera, uh, different contracts and and things like that. Now. One thing, though, you know, we talk about scams and stuff like that and trying to, and I hate to be too negative, like on the show, obviously, um, but. No, and I don't want to be negative because we, I'm, I'm here to promote, uh, airline, airline pilots and, and being a pilot. It's a wonderful for profession. This, you're at a, if you're deciding or trying to figure out whether to do it right now, this is one of the greatest times in history to become an airline pilot. No yeah. question about it. Yeah. So you're in the right place at the right time. It's just a matter of getting the right, uh, the right program together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And um, and Ben, by the way, just to to regress a, back up a little bit, you're you're a pilot now. And what what type of flying do you do? I do corporate flying right now. So uh, I fly people, uh, generally uh, executives and and uh, folks that are going on uh, 
trips, uh, sometimes across the country, but generally within the region. Cool. Um, and um, uh, an executive that might need to go to a meeting or a family that might want to go on vacation or something like that. So fly a little little business jet. and. Uh, so you're living the I, career. You, you know, this is... I, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I wanted I wanted to learn to fly jets, and uh, and I did, and that's what I do. Cool, and yeah. and you still like it, I hope. I, you know what? I've only been doing it since 1988. So, <laughs> 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 oh man, it's it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's uh... it, it's a lot of fun. There's nothing else like it, and the the bug bites you that you just can't get rid of it unfortunately and I, and the, the poor folks the poor pilots that, want, that retire they they just go through some a bunch of withdrawal because they they can't fly the big metal anymore and it drives uh, them crazy so i tell you i got i got guys i'm i'm flying with now that are trying to figure out what their next move is they absolutely they love it they're 20 years in the air force and all these years in the airlines and now they want to keep flying and and it is there's there's a lot of gratification in this job, but uh, but the thing is though when you're starting out there's so many directions to go in. I always tell people it's a varied path. Uh, I like I love the point you made about get out there and see if you want to actually do this. Uh, I have a friend that went out to become a Navy pilot and did not realize he had a problem with passing out until he was actually already in the Navy. And it's like well uh oh. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. And now, started, now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in started the flight training and all. So these are good things to start. The, the Discovery flights, they have different organizations that do them, like EAA does Young Eagles flights, and uh, they have the newer type of flights. I forget what they call them, to be honest with you, uh, where they'll take up anybody uh, and, and have them go up. And, well, also, and uh, virtually any flight school in this country will have a Discovery flight you can go up for, you know, $100, $200, and they'll take you up and uh, – Probably let you fly the plane and uh, uh, show you how it works, and that's how uh, that's how uh, I learned. I mean, I went and took a discovery flight, and uh, um, the guy um, instructor said, "Here, here's what's going to happen, and uh, we're going to take off. We want you to pull back here, and we get to this speed on the uh, on the indicator, and and the plane's going to go up, and it, it did." <laughs> <laughs> Well, th this is a you know, th this is so this is great to hear from you. Somebody who actually still loves what they're doing and loves aviation. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the things we we were talking about questions, et cetera. I actually have uh, uh, a listener who wanted me to ask you a question, if that's okay. Yeah, that's um, fine. And, and he he asks uh, he asks this. He says, you know, how how is it that we inspire and educate future airline pilots to understand and embrace the job progression? Uh, and I, I think I think we can almost answer that question with with maybe another book that you wrote. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's interesting. The first book is uh, you know I wrote was basically for folks that wanted to become pilots or folks that wanted to uh, continue their training. Uh, the second book is called Pilots on Food Stamps: An Inside Look at Why Your Flight Was Canceled, and this is basically for the general public. Right. Although pilots will find it interesting as well. Oh, it's fascinating. It's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, it's the first time that anybody that I know of has put all this information together in one place uh, in, a, in what I feel is an easy-to-understand format that you can read this. And it doesn't take long to read the book. It's only 100-and-something pages. It takes you uh, a few hours to, to read it. But I think if you, uh, if you are out there and you read this, you'll be absolutely shocked at what you read. And, and I think it, the, the one thing that I liked about it is uh, the fact that there's, it tells a little bit about the progression uh, from going from 
you know, a, a starting pilot and, and how much you're going to make, et cetera. And we, you know, we talk about that quite a bit here. I mean, I tell people it took me three years to get uh, to make over $15,000 a year. Uh, but now with that said, you know, that the other part of that, you know, again, uh, we have to look at is the fact that, you know, once you become a more senior pilot, you do make quite a bit of money and, and you're in the top 10% of wage earners as far as working for a, for a major. Um, but there's, there's a lot of things along the way that you have to put up with and, uh, people don't expect, uh, things like living in, in, uh, crash pads and that type of thing. And, uh, one, one thing that's interesting is you, you discuss all the intricacies of how pilots are paid. Uh, and, you know, we talk a little bit about this here. Also, you know, how, how the, you know, how this shortage of pilots right now is affecting salaries and, uh, how it actually affects the majors. Cause we're really looking at, at a lack of qualified pilots primarily in the regionals. Uh, but also, uh, that's affecting the yeah, majors I, I, too. I, yeah. Let me just, um, expand that point just a little bit. We're, we're right now, the regionals are where the starting pilots, um, uh, start with. You don't show up at a mainline, uh, carrier and and just uh get hired to fly you know uh air buses in in most cases uh you you'll start at a, a regional carrier and you'll fly a, a crj or an erj or something like that and um hopefully uh just be there for a short period of time and then be able to move up to one of the majors flying the, the larger metal but in all, as we classify this, every one of those pilots is flying either the regional jets or the regional airlines or the major. They're all airline pilots, and I don't. I think we need to make sure that we all understand that every one of them are airline pilots. Right. Okay. And that's why I, I wrote the book the way I did, because a lot of folks say, "Oh, well, they're just flying the little planes." Well, no, they're all fly, They're all airline pilots. It says the name of the airline on the side of their plane, just like it says the name of the airline on the side of the big ones. So the passenger is is being given a a seamless experience. Uh, so if you uh, fly one of those planes, it's going to be the same name on the side as you, as the bigger one, and the passenger doesn't really know any different uh, on that. And that's what that's the way they intend it. Um, but and to further that point, a lot of people, they don't realize, well, they're just the puddle jumpers. They don't fly internationally. And I, I tell folks, no, I've actually, as a regional pilot, I flew to three countries in one day. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not regional I bet flying. I, can, I bet exactly. I could name them. I bet I can name those countries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they probably they probably touch each other. <laughs> they probably. But do, think yeah. about this: as a regional pilot, you're going to places like Cuba, and you're you're going to the Bahamas, and and you know these little Mexico. areas. You know, Mexico. Every, yeah, Mexico. Oh, yeah, all over Mexico. The regionals are just really strong in in Mexico. Canada. And Canada. Canada. It's, it's just it's phenomenal, and uh, and they have lots of charters that go down to the islands, et cetera, and of course in and out of. Uh, places like Puerto Rico, et cetera. And I, I think I think that we have to realize that pilots are pilots. And the great thing, I will say one thing, though, the great thing about the regionals is when you move over to the majors, it's it's not a big leap at all. It, it's really you're doing the same thing. And if you wind up working for the same quote-unquote company, say you're with, uh, you know, U.S. Airways Express, and then you go to U.S. Airways, uh, and it's basically the same operation. 
Uh, so there's not much you have to do to, to change. It's the, and, same, it's the same magazine in the seat pocket. Right, right. <laughs> and operationally, it's the same. You know, the, the equipment's different. you got to get used to the equipment. That's with any airplane. Uh, you know, when you get up to bigger planes, you have to worry about slowing down and things like that and landing a bigger plane. But that that's stuff that just comes with a little bit of time, and, and you figure that out. Um, but but what's what's really interesting about you know, pilots on food stamps is, you know, I, I represented furloughed pilots for over a decade uh, for the Airline Pilots Association. And a lot of folks were sold this idea of, hey, within a few years, I'm going to be making $100,000 a year, et cetera. Well, you know what? It, you you could make that $100,000 a year, but a lot of it has to do with timing. Uh, you know, it took me about six years to make six figures, uh, and that's pretty quick, actually. And you're lucky. Yeah, that's you're lucky. And you're, and that's yeah. but that, in fact, and I was I was on furlough for three of those. Mm-hmm. And, and and the reason I say that is that number one, lucky, but also you know I learned how to play the system. Uh, and we talk a little bit about how to make extra money uh, working for an airline because they run so short. You know, they're making deals right now with pilots say, hey, listen, we'll pay you double pay if you come in and do this flight today. Uh, so you can you have a lot of opportunities to do those type of things. But but what happens is you work a lot to make that kind of money. And, and what's re- really fascinating, too, and I think you touched on this a little bit in the book, is that with the regionals, now there's a lot of super senior folks at the regionals making pretty good money. But then they have to go to the majors. And what happens when they go to the majors? They don't take a pay cut. They, they take, take a, a pay cut. Huge pay cut. <laughs> I can't tell you how many folks I talk to that say, well, I can't afford the pay cut. Well, unfortunately, you have to look at it in the long term and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to take this pay cut for a couple of years. Um, but it might be even three years, four years possibly, depending on how much you were making at the regionals. But you don't start back with the same salary you were making. Uh, and you, you expand on this point where there is no lateral moves within – Within the airline business, you always start over at the bottom, which is kind of tough. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. If you're oh, yeah. flying for, uh, just say, let's just say you're flying for American and you have been flying for American for uh, uh, 20 years and you're making, um, you know, a hundred and something thousand a year, whatever you're making, and you want to go to uh, United, uh, they're going to start you over at the bottom at 35,000 a year. Right. right. Yeah. And that's why people don't, that's why pilots don't do it. Exactly. You don't. And if you're and what's really interesting, I talk to all sorts of pilots. You have pilots that have a career that have no hiccups. They go from, you know, training to a regional to a a major, never been furloughed, always made good money. And maybe the first couple of years they didn't. Uh, But but that's they're lucky. Like you said, you, you don't know. I, I think we're decision. in one of those. I, I do think we're in one of those periods right now. I think if you start now, I think this is going to be one of those periods where you're not going to have a lot of hiccups for a while. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think it's only going to get better. Um, yeah, from that side of it, I yeah. just think the timing's right. There's a lot of good things going on in the industry, and there's some things we want to change too, isn't there? Yes, there is. And and you you talk a little bit about some solutions as far as as pay is concerned. I know. Um, I, I still think it's going to be difficult to to try to convince a, a regional a company to pay more. And the only reason I say that is they have a great sales force that tells the person that's starting, hey, listen, you're only going to be here for a couple of years, so don't worry so much about your pay. Just worry about getting your flight time. And yeah, yes, and let me, let me it, tell it you works. a real story about that. Let me tell you a real story on what's going on, because I've sat in some of this and heard, heard the um, – well, should we call them lies? Because they are lies. Uh, <laughs> the uh, 
the problem we've got right now is there's a lot of regional pilots that have been stuck at the regionals for close to 10 years. Oh, yeah. And um, they can't get out. In fact, there's one uh, in particular, which I'm not going to mention because I told you I wouldn't mention names before right. we started. But uh, this particular uh, airline uh, owns a, a regional airline, and they've actually promoted their captains from the regional to go to the major. The problem is they can't move them up because they don't have folks to fill the positions at the regionals. Right. So those they put those guys on the recruiting team to recruit more pilots, and what are, they're just telling you anything to get you in there because they want you in there and get hired so they can move up to the majors. Right, right. And that, and they're not, and this is an example, you know, they're not all yeah. like that, but, but it really, it's interesting. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's what's happening. I yes. Mean, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, yeah. and I've seen it, right? I've seen it recently. So it's like, okay, um, what are we going to do here? So, and, uh, and you see yeah. people with multiple offers out there now. I mean, I, I've seen it in what I do with, with coaching folks is they're moving from one airline to the next because, uh, in, in the first five years, they're, they're deciding, hmm, maybe I'll go from this airline, go to that one. Uh, and it's, it, that's unheard of. I mean, when you got on with a major, well, here, kind of I, stuff there. I don't know what, how you feel about it, but I, I, I'm not real big on folks going from regional to regional. Um, that's, that is causing wages to be depressed in the, in the, in that segment. Yeah. Uh, Unless you have well, to, obviously, if, if you get laid off, cause there's some, if, the, if some you get laid off, that's one story, <laughs> but just to go from one regional to another and keep doing that, you're going to get yourself in a vicious cycle of actually making no money and you'll probably end up bankrupt. That so. happens with the majors too. I, I know a few folks that do that. And, uh, cause you really don't make much the first couple of years in the majors and they go from one to the next to the next. And, uh, but you, especially with the regionals, I do know a few people who've bounced around there and, um, and I know if you're listening right now, you're, you're just going to be tough to hear that, you know, that's probably not the best thing to do, uh, is that you're just going to keep, keep going down salary wise. Now, now the only thing that I, I've seen people do is say maybe go from a, a turbo prop to a turbo jet, possibly. That's a different uh, but story. That, that, that's, a, that's a career progression. Right, right. Okay. And not and, a career. You don't want to make a, uh, a horizontal. horizontal. No, you definitely don't want to make a horizontal move. Uh, which, which here's another interesting thing about that is now you're seeing a lot of the majors taking people with pilot and command time with just turboprops, uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, there is, you know, they have such a shortage, but you better have some time, you know, in that turboprop and at least you have the PIC time. Um, but, uh, it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting how, how things have progressed. But but in this in this getting back to your book, the piles on food stamps, and and this is more from a consumer's perspective, you know, an inside look at why your flight was canceled. One, uh, I was interviewed about three years ago uh, by one of the news stations, and about the pilot shortage because there was a career fair going on in in the Tampa Bay area, and I said, well, um, if there's not a shortage, why are they canceling flights because they don't have pilots to fill the seats? What do you call that? That's a shortage, and and I I think the I try not to uh, use that term shortage anymore because I think it's progressed into something different, a different type of meaning. But it really is. There's a there's a shortage of of qualified pilots. There's a lack of qualified pilots, and if if you're canceling the flight because nobody's showing up for that flight, um, you know that that's a problem, and, and we need to we need to address that problem. Now, with that said, one of the neat things, and you touched on this, is that. People are getting a little more excited, and we see, saw this at Sun and Fun. I know you were there, and we we did an interview there. Um, that there's a lot of young folks that are getting back into into aviation, which is is really cool to see. Uh, but it takes a little while to get trained, doesn't it? 
it takes to become an airline pilot. It takes six and a half to eight years, and it costs. Um, we're we're shooting at a quarter of a million dollars these days to make that happen. Yeah, and they um, and and you're talking total cost uh, as far as right. training and a degree, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you need a degree. You don't want to go in and just do this without a degree. And you know what's interesting there too is people ask, well, why do I need a college degree? If I want to go fly an airplane, I just need a license, right? And then that's true. But to get hired, you're going to need a four-year degree. Well, you're also going to need that degree to fall back on. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, if if something happens, you get, if they get a downturn and you get furloughed. I mean, we, you and I both know uh, pilots that were furloughed for many years, sometimes up to 10 years um, sure. before they call back. Well, when you're on furlough, you're not getting paid by the airline. So what do you got to do? You got to go find another job or some way to make money. Right. And right. Uh, so you, that, that degree is going to come in pretty handy. Uh, if you've got to go get a job somewhere else, don't get a degree in, in aviation, for God's sake. Get a degree in something else right. and, and use the aviation as the, uh, as, as, as your primary focus, you know, as far as the becoming the pilot. But, uh, um, That's- I know. You know, I know a lot of folks that um, when you start to look around and figure out what they're doing uh, to make money, it's uh, it's it's real real tough without a, a another career. Yeah, it's interesting what you mentioned about uh, people on furlough for ten years. I actually know a lot of folks that are on furlough and have been on furlough for that long and have recall rights at different airlines, and they've they've you know bypassed for now. They're still considered on on leave, uh, and it's been about ten years. But with those pilots, uh, many of them, if that were smart, they got on with some of these upstart airlines or they get, went overseas, and some of those guys are making really good money. And now they're like, gosh, you know, should I go back to my old job uh, at at the legacy carrier where there's a possibility of me getting furloughed again? So that's a tough decision. Well, the other problem you have with that also is uh, when you're on furlough, the airlines do not permit you to take a job with another airline uh, without their permission in most cases. And if you do, you lose your seniority. Yeah. Uh, your, your furlough seniority. So you gotta be a little careful doing that. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I haven't been in the position to have to ask for that permission and I don't know whether they give it or they don't. They, they normally do from, from, uh, you know, having, I've worked with, you know, over a thousand furloughed pilots and, uh, normally they'll let you, if you are, even though it says that they, they do not hold to that usually. Cause if you're on furlough and you're not working, they'll let you go work for somebody. Um, but, uh, but when you get recalled, they're, they're going to want you to come back now. Uh, yeah. And they want you to come back within like 30 days too. From that's the time a lot of go. times. That's what it is. You have usually yep. a, a 15 day response and a 15 days to show up, uh, from, from the initial recall notice. So Carl, this is, the, this is all, what also is contributing to the pilot shortage right now. So we've got guys that were on furlough and they, they went out, you know, with their, and they had degrees and they went to their second career as a backup. And these guys are making pretty good money in their backup career now right. of, you know, a hundred and something thousand a year, whatever they're making. And they're, they, for them to leave their current career to go back to the airline, they actually would make less money. Sure. And, and so they're not really excited about doing that. So you got to be a little careful there. So, um, my feeling here is that the, um, uh, the pay structure for the pilots probably needs to be looked at again here to, to get it back up to, uh, 2015 standards where we're still at 2000 wages right now. 
Right. And, you know, with that said, I mean, there there's a lot of opportunities out there to make money. I mean, there you just have to know what you're doing. I mean, I know guys that are making in in the mid six figures just just being able to fly like you're looking at people making two three hundred thousand as a a captain but it took them a while to get there you know you takes a to, long time long time yeah yep. yeah and it's uh and you know like i said i i usually tell people give yourself five to ten years to get to that that aviation career goal uh and and that seems like a, a long time but the you have to kind of look at it at the back end and say, okay, now as you get more senior, you're making more money and you're flying less, which is is really nice. Um, you know, that's I choose to fly less because I like doing all these other things like the podcast, etc. Um, but it really is it's important to to make that decision, like you said, have a backup plan because you know not only does it have to do with the economy, it also has to do with your health. I mean, there's there's I have lots of friends that are out for a long time just for something simple. You know, I've I've seen guys smash up their ankles. And have been out for six, seven months because it, was, it took us such a long time just to heal. Um, if I, if I, I used to be in computers. If I broke my ankle, I'd probably be working the next day. Uh, that doesn't happen when you're flying airplanes. So I think that's good advice to to have that backup plan. And and like you said, most people are doing something else to back that up. Most, even most active pilots have something going on the side. Sure. Uh, you know, they 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 want. I've got. A, I know one that has a a car wash deal going on the side. He just does that. One's got an ice cream shop. One's got one. Dri- one drives for Uber. You know. Uh, right. I mean, there's just lots of things that they do on the side just because they do. And uh, pilots tend to be pretty good uh, with their money and uh, time because at one time they they didn't have any, so they're pretty good at managing the. Oh sure. Yeah. Why? Why are pilots so cheap? Uh, because because they know it could be gone tomorrow. I think. Because they because they've been broke. <laughs> that's why pilots are so cheap because they've been broke. <laughs> so the, the going back to the two different books, I know we only have about ten more minutes with you, but uh, there's uh, pilots on food stamps. Let's talk about that real quick. An inside look at your the why your flight was canceled was really it's more a consumer book, but I. I, I'm mentioning. But on it's this good podcast. for. I mean, the pilots. I've, I've got right. a lot of professional pilots that have looked at it and go, you know, I really never looked at it that way before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and it's like uh, nobody's ever put this information together in one place. Um, I mean, one of the surprising things that you'll um, uh, find in there is um, how much um, out of each ticket is is paid to the pilot. Right. And uh, that's a, that's a number that um, the industry doesn't really uh, wants you to know. Actually, and they don't want the public to know. But but um, basically, um, it's in the book. And the and the book. other thing that's in there, and I'll give a little teaser and why you should read it is, is that you have a an interesting solution at the end. So you should go out there and get the book and and figure and, and read what 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 Ben's solution is to to this problem. It's it's a it's a good one. It's interesting. Uh it's also uh will ru- rustle some feathers uh, of some people, ruffle up a few of them. Uh but but it's uh, Well, I named I named names and I uh I named airlines in there. I named executives in there. I you know, I'm pretty open about what I uh, what I said right in there um, <laughs> because I mean, you know I think people should be held accountable for what they're doing and if um, if they want to uh, you know take that position I, I think they should defend the position oh yeah yeah so I highly recommend you reading this I tell you as a matter of fact I set up a link for it it's aviation careers slash food stamps 
And, uh, and it's, it's funny to have that link, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash food stamps. It's, it's, it's not something that you would think goes together, but I, I thought it would be, it would be fun, fun to do that link. And, uh, but, but I, with, with that said, I think even with reading this, uh, people that are interested in a career in aviation will still be encouraged. They, it just will help them know what they're up against. Oh, I, I, I think they, I think this is, this is almost required. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean it's, and I'm not trying. We're not trying to talk you out of it. If if you're aware of of all, of all this that's going on, if you're aware of it, you're going to be able to to deal with it. Sure, sure. And uh, but when you're not aware of it, that's when you have the pro- have the problem. But the the first part is just the training part, and I think I, I make you well aware in that. The pilots on food stamps. Uh, I think by the time you're a pilot, if you're listening to this, the reason for pilots on food stamps even being written will probably be non-existent because I think the problem will be solved by then. Right. Right. Well, let's hope so. I don't No, I don't think it's going to continue to go on. Um, I don't think it can. Yeah. So good. Uh, um, there's one, one airline in particular right now. I can tell you that, that none of it, well, your airline, none of the pilots, um, uh, you fly floor and, and uh, you know none of the pilots there qualify for food stamps no there's several of them like that no you know? yeah that's for sure uh-huh. and and yeah yeah there's there's quite a few out there like that and that's getting getting better that's for sure that's for sure and we're in a good time right now uh but i always tell people to plan for the worst you know you know and hope for the best plan for the worst in, in your career uh so you get you gotta be care- careful there so that book I definitely would recommend, but but what we started this conversation with was those folks that are right now thinking about getting into aviation and paying for for their their schooling and, and their training, and that's uh, don't pay any flight school more than twenty five hundred in advance. The censored information the bad guys don't want you to know. Which uh, it's what's interesting about this book. I will say one thing, Ben, is that uh, I've uh, and I know I've get a, I'm going to get a lot of feedback on this this interview. There's a lot of folks that want me to bring some of the finance people on to the podcast, and I've had uh, some challenges with that because I I I I would tell you I'll, I'll be very fair with anybody, but uh, some of these folks in a public forum have been attacked uh, verbally, primarily, obviously, right? Uh, because of they feel that that what they're doing is being is taking advantage of of these folks, and uh, there are some good finance organizations out there i do um, i do mention one in the book there's yes. one in particular that i mention uh in there that um and i tell you when you should use them and when you shouldn't uh that particular uh group and i don't know if you know which one it is or not but i'm mm-hmm. not going to mention it now but uh, i don't think they'll get you in trouble that's mm-hmm. my personal opinion right. i think uh if you get involved with them i don't think you're going to get in trouble with them i i don't see how you can because they're pretty they're pretty stringent. They're not just handing out money. Let's put it that way. So you've got to make your progression before you'll get any more money from them. So that's what I like. I don't like somebody that's going to give you, you know, seventy thousand dollars up front, and then you flunk out, and the money's gone, and now you're on the hook for seventy thousand dollars. Right. Right. And that that's really important. So. And, and if you're interested in both of these books, obviously you can go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 84. We'll have links there. And, and of course, those links go to, to Amazon. If you do buy it through those links, it, it helps us, helps us uh, produce this podcast. And uh, it, it really, it, it's one of those books that you can get both in a, uh, I think it's a paperback. You also can get it in Kindle book, correct? Right. Uh huh. Cool. In fact, the first one, the first one that I wrote, the Don't Pay Any Flight School More Than $2,500 in Events, was originally uh, released just as an ebook. 
Mm-hmm. And we sold so many copies of it that we went ahead and, and published it, um, you know, and, and released it last year at Sun and Fun. Cool. So it was, uh, it just kind of was backwards. I, I didn't ever think it would be published, but uh, it was. And uh, a lot of school libraries uh, bought it and, and have it. Um, so it's been, it's been a very, very popular book. And then the pilots on food stamps we released as both a, an ebook and a, uh, published on at the same time, basically. Uh, so that's available either way because some people like the ebooks and some people want to touch and feel the pages. Well, so I, we can help you either way. I'm doing that now. I'm looking at the book right now. It's, it's uh, I have it in my hand, the pilots on food stamps, and uh, also have the ebook version of the other one. And highly recommend it. Uh, there's it's it's what's really neat about the book is the fact that you're you're unafraid to to make certain comments. We. You know, and obviously we, we haven't mentioned any school names. We haven't mentioned any airlines in, in this interview. You got to look at the book and find out what he's talking about. When, when you go in there, you, he gives some specifics. He's not afraid to do it. And there's, uh, there's not a lot of people that are willing to do that to put their neck on the line like you have. Uh, yeah. I think no, that's, that's great. The, yeah. That's what, what's been happening. I found as I got into this was for the last four decades, this, this scam has been going on where they've been collecting a lot of tuition money and everybody's just kind of been afraid to say anything about it, even though a lot of people knew about it. And I finally just said, you know, enough's enough. I'm going to just detail it out and, uh, and, and give the facts. And, uh, and that's what I did. Great. Great. Well, gosh, Ben, this has been been awesome talking to you. I I, uh, I love these episodes where you know we're always all upbeat about everything in aviation. And it's great to to tell people about the challenges in aviation, whether it's financing or whether it's trying to live on on your first year pay at an airline. Uh, you know, Ben Mandel has has the books about it and uh, and the resources and the definitive guides, and they're not that expensive. Uh, you know, I know I the Kindle version I'm definitely going to get on the pilots on food stamps because I want to be able to show it to people while I'm walking around my my iPad and and just go back and read it every so often and and look at it and say, hey, you know, is this normal? Has this been happening in the past? And and you can see that it has been, it really has, and and you can understand what's what's happening in the industry. So definitely take a look at both of those books. So Ben, you know, thanks for for being here on this episode. Before we close out, uh, is there anything else you want to tell the listeners? These are you know, someone who's either looking at possibly getting into aviation or somebody who's mid-career or, or looking at getting into the majors or possibly anything in aviation, what, what, what would you tell them right now? Well, like I said, this is the best time uh, for an aviation career that I've seen in my lifetime. I, I just don't think that uh, that you can get any better than you, than it is right now. So the, just the main situation now is just, uh, you know, get there as quickly as you can and as uh, most cost-effective as you can. And that, that's what it's going to take. But uh, it's a it's a, it's a wonderful uh, profession. And uh, if you uh, if you, once the bug bites you, uh, it's it's really hard to get it out of your system. And <laughs> it sure <laughs> and is, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I think it's impossible. I don't I don't think it's. Uh, I mean, you can go away for a little bit, and then you say I'm done with it, and the next thing you know, you're back at it. So uh, there's no no way to stop it. So it is a. <laughs> part of uh part of just being a pilot and you just know uh you know you just have the interest it's amazing uh when you see a plane go you know fly off high and you look up at it and you know i wonder where that's going you know that kind of thing so um just a super super deal and and carl i love what you're doing too with with your program here this is uh this is wonderful information for uh, for people and uh and you know it's uh, information is power and the more 
the more knowledge you have, the the better off you're going to be. And this is you're you're handing it right to folks, and that's you're to be commended. Thanks, I appreciate that. And, and you know, I I'm hoping it's filling a void in people's lives, and I I think it is. As a matter of fact, what's probably going to happen, Ben, is we're gonna we're gonna get a few emails that we always do about uh, questions. And uh, would it be okay if I forward some of those questions to you? Sure. Or yeah, awesome. we can do it, and uh, we'll look at them. Maybe I'll come back on, and we'll, we'll yeah. just read them. Uh, we'll read the good and the bad. I mean, I've heard them before, so sure. it's not a, not a surprise. But we can handle, uh, you know, any question they want to ask or comment on. We'll be happy to to uh, help them with it. Awesome, awesome. Well, if you're listening right now, you can obviously go to aviationcareerspodcast.com dot com and uh, go to contact and and uh, send us an email. Uh, you can send us a voicemail. Uh, you can. Also, if you want, go on Twitter, Aviation Careers Podcast, or Flying Careers out there, and also my other blog at expertaviator.com. But one thing I'd like you to do is, is you know, do something today to, to move forward in your career. You know, I always leave off telling people to do something now to move forward. It doesn't matter what you do, but always do something. And uh, the reason I always tell people that is, you know, I, I used to have a, a, a large sales organization. And, and if you were spinning your wheels uh, and, and you were sitting there with you and you couldn't move, it's better to take some action and move forward and and try to do something that will move you forward in your career. And, and sometimes it's just getting information. And by reading one of these books, that will give you that information to possibly move forward. Also, another thing, by the way, before we close out, I, I have a, a couple of listeners that have been asking if I could start doing the scholarship of the week again. And uh, I said, you know what? I, I, I probably should. I've been remiss in, in doing that. So uh, so let me just uh, a quick plug for our scholarship of the week. This week is actually the, the Buckingham Memorial Scholarship from the Air Traffic Controllers Association. And the average award for this ATCA scholarship is actually about $6,400. And this scholarship is actually awarded to the children of an air traffic control specialist. And you have to be a U.S. citizen and enrolled uh, half to full time in a program leading to a bachelor's or higher. So if you have somebody that's in your family or you're a child of an uh, air traffic controller, this scholarship is actually for you. And I know we have a few of those folks. You can find the link in this episode, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 84. Also, if you're looking for the scholarships guide, we keep growing the guide and all the other information on the, on the website. It's still only $5 uh, for a month. It's only paid a month at a time. It's not a subscription. You can do $50 for a year. That actually is going up in, on June 1st uh, to $10. The book itself, the scholarships guide, is actually $10. So you're basically getting the, the scholarships guide and everything else included for free. So uh, it's actually a good, good value. And a lot of folks are asking me, uh, and just like Ben had this problem, is are you going to put this on Kindle? And yes, I'm hoping by the time this comes out, there will be a link at the bottom of this to the Kindle book. If not, it will be in the following episode. And then we also are going to have in the iBook store and uh, possibly a print version. Unfortunately, with the print version, uh, we're almost at 300 pages, and it's growing, and we have about another 500 pages to put in that. So that's a, that's a huge volume of scholarships that we have. Well, folks, again, do something today. Uh, read Ben's book. And, uh, Ben, thanks so much for, for coming here today and talking to folks and giving, giving the, real, you know, the real inside scoop. Well, thank you so much, Carl. <laughs> and again, Carl Valeri, Aviation Careers Podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you next episode. Remember, do something today, do something now to move forward in your career.
You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.